When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Quentin DeCock controversy, uh, but he's back, but is he back? Will he be playing tonight for South Africa? We'll find out real soon. The West Indies beat Bangladesh in a tight one last night. Gee, it was good. Uh, Jason Holder made a big difference to the Windies. We'll talk about that real soon. Pakistan still undefeated and looking good. We'll talk to um, Andrew Menzel from uh, Cricket Unfiltered podcast uh, real soon. Chris Nielsen previews a, a massive arvo of racing. Of course, it's Derby Day at Flemington. If you didn't know that by now, well, then you've been under a rock. And, of course, the Golden Eagle at Rose Hill today, $7.5 million. And I'll tell you what I love, and I'll talk to um, uh, Nielsen about this, is that You've got all these um, owners contributing 10% of the prize money to a charity. Each horse has got a, a charity attached to it. I love it. I think that is a, a fantastic little angle. Uh, well done to the uh, connections of all those horses racing in the Golden Eagle this afternoon. Uh, plus, we'll have some tips uh, for Eagle Farm as well. Michelle Bishop from Breakfast with Vossi and Channel 7 is at the Golden Eagle. She'll set the scene. What a great gig she has. I'll find out what sort of fascinator. Uh, she's wearing this afternoon. She'll set the scene for us uh, trackside. Plus, we'll have a chat about the NRL market frenzy, which will kick off Monday. If you don't sign your players uh, by close of business tomorrow, well, then they're on the free market for 2023 in the NRL uh, from Monday. And there's some big names who haven't signed. And, of course, there's a, a new club starting in 2023. And who wants who? We'll talk about that soon. Tristo from Top Sport. We'll get some markets for the Savos Racing plus the T20 uh, World Cup. Uh, Brooksy with the latest from the NBA. Um, how Josh Giddy? Where's he come from? What is it? The um, the second best uh, second best figures ever for for or the second youngest uh, kid in the NBA to to get all of the stats that he's getting. We'll talk to uh, Brooks about that. That's if he's. Recovered okay from uh, his day out yesterday. Um, supercars, of course, uh, they're at Sydney Motorsport Park for the next four weeks. Son of a gun, Stevie Johnson, joins us to preview a massive five weeks ahead for the supercars, of course. Um, well, actually, it's five races in six weeks. Bathurst in December. I wonder how that's going to go. I don't, I don't mind it in December. How good's that? Leading up to the first test, you got the supercars. I love it. Uh, to vax or not to vax for the Australian Open. Brett Phillips will have all the latest on that for us as well. Um, what's happening with Novak? And I actually read an interesting um, article about Novak. He doesn't understand why people don't like him. And you know what? I'm going to put it out there. I don't know why people don't like or respect Novak. I know he did that stupid stuff with uh, with COVID, and, and I, I get that. And I, that's a, that's That was just stupid, and um, and he's a bit different. Novak, isn't he? But you've got to respect him as a tennis player. He, he's outstanding. And will he be able to come to Australia if he's not vaccinated? According to Dan Andrews, 
the Premier of Victoria, no one can actually uh, come in. So, um, yeah, anyway, we'll see what's happening there. Uh, what else? Uh, plus, the Sports Central hypothetical, the Savo. Um, if you could change the result of any sporting contest, what would you change? Now, we did this on Sports Day the other night with uh, Badge and Sat, and this went off. Absolutely went off. Uh, you can call us 1300 011170 or shoot us a text 0457 736 736. The one I worked out the other night with the boys was it was 1993 Australia versus the Windies in Adelaide when they lost by a run. Remember Craig McDermott was given out caught behind and it came off his helmet. Uh, him and Tim May nearly got us over the line. Remember uh, Captain Grumpy, uh, AB, uh, with the ball in his hand going, you know, just threw it down onto the ground when, he, when, when Craig McDermott was given out. That's my – I'd love to see that changed. I'd love to see that reversed. 1993, Australia versus the Windies in Adelaide. What's yours? 0457 736 736. That is our text number. Um, and uh, before, before we go to um, Andrew Menzel, I want to check in to see how Gibbo's going today. Gibbo, are you all right? G'day, Jace. Yeah, mate, look, not too bad. I'm, I'm a bit wounded. We had the uh, live broadcast of Driver Joel and Fletch last night at the Sporting Globe, and I probably yep. overindulged, but hey. What time did you get home, Gibbo? Oh, about three or four. Gibbo, you got, you've got a big day today. Oh, I know, I know, and oh, I've been really good. I've been having the handbrake up on Friday nights, but last night I just had to let loose, I think, Jace. But I'm, I'm here, I'm good. And I just heard you heard you say to Adam Peacock and Nick Davis, you're pulling back today. Pulling back, yeah. Look, mate. I no, you're my, not. No, I'm you're not. not. Okay. No you're worries. hosting. I'm co-hosting. Okay, sweet as. That, that's good. <laughs> right. Lucky we've cleared that up in the first five minutes, Jace. Thanks for that, mate. Mate, you've got the you've got this show to look after this afternoon. Plus, you've got that you've got that Melbourne Cup draw. How'd yeah. that go? Oh, it, it would have well. Yeah, a bit I, look, loose. I, I was. I didn't really want to do it because I just knew straight away there was a lot of admin. But, no, I think we're going to get a good result. We had a few, um, a couple of mats, which was a bit interesting. But, no, I think it's going to be good. Have you got an early tip? Nah. nah. I'll, have a, I'll, have a, I'll have a look later on. I guess I'll, we'll I'll, have I'll, um, Chrissy Nelson six, on later on. Yeah, don't, don't get tips from him. Although he killed it last weekend, three from four. So. Oh, happy hey, days. Andrew Menzel from uh, Cricket Unfiltered Podcast is on the line. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Jace. How are you? Good, mate. Can I just call you Manners? Can Is that easier? That's it. That's what everyone calls me, friends right, and yeah. enemies. Well, okay. Well, I I'll, won't ask you which one I am at this stage. Uh, but Manners, jeez, uh, the T20, loving it. Um, I'll talk to you about low scores. But the Windies, um, Windies last night, before we cover off in Australia, finally get a victory. Why hasn't Jason Holder been in their first two matches? Yeah, very strange. He wasn't even in their squad until there was an injury and they were able to bring him into their squad and make him available for selection. It was peculiar that he wasn't playing. Even Carlos Brathwaite, who hit those four sixes in the last T20 World Cup, isn't in their 11 or in the squad either. But, yeah, great win for the Windies. It would have been a shame if they'd lost last night and that would have pretty much um, sent them crashing out of the tournament. So a tight victory over Bangladesh. But I think we all enjoy watching the Windies play. So... They got the chocolates in the end. Yeah, um, uh, talk about quickly Pakistan. Geez, they look the goods, don't they? Yeah, terrific game against Afghanistan. They're really fierce rivals, and there was a big crowd that turned up to watch the game in the UAE, and it turned out to be a thriller. I, I love watching this this Afghanistan team play. They they 
smash big sixes. They've got a, a variety of spinners, and they, they pushed the Pakistan team all the way last night. Pakistan needed 24 off the last two overs, and Asif Ali hit four sixes in, in the second last over, did it pretty comfortably in the end, but it was a, a terrific win for Pakistan, and they're looking like one of the real tournament favourites. They play a lot of cricket in the UAE, and they're very familiar with the conditions, and I think they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, absolutely. You forget about it. I, I don't even know why I didn't think about that at the start of the tournament when, you know, I don't mind having a bit of a punt gamble responsibly. Uh, but I, I tell you, I don't even know why I thought of them as a chance because they play all their cricket over there. So they, if any team is used to the conditions, there's no one more than Pakistan, right? Yeah, absolutely. But but I sort of see where you're coming from, kind of forgetting about them, because they're such an unpredictable side. They literally could have come in and lost every game in this tournament and no one have, would have been really surprised. So there are, they are a tough team to bet on because you can never really gauge sort of how they're travelling as a squad, but they seem to be unified and playing well and uh, tough to beat. Yeah, right. Let's talk about Australia. So good to see Dave Warner and Aaron Finch uh, finally get some runs in game two the other night. Oh, most certainly. I think there's a lot of people around Australian cricket sleeping much better in the last couple of days. None <laughs> more so than Justin Langer, the coach, George Bailey, the head selector, and even Tony Donamay, the new selector. The fact that Warner and Finch were both out of form would have been giving them a lot of headaches, but they, they turned it around. They put on 70 in the first seven overs. It was Warner and Finch of old. Finch came out smoking 37 off 23 and Warner 65 off 42. So, so I think that makes Australia look a lot better proceeding in the tournament. We need Warner and Finch firing. And that was a, a terrific knock by both of them. And in the end, quite a comfortable victory over Sri Lanka with three overs to spare. And yeah, just a big boost for the squad. Finally, a bit of luck too for Warner. That simple leg side catch to the keeper put down where it came off the glove. He hasn't had a lot of luck, and he just had a, just a couple of little chances the other night, which 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 you need uh, when you're having a bad run. Oh yeah, and when things are going bad for you, they take all those catches. So I don't know if you remember in the practice game, Warner advanced down the wicket first ball and got an edge, and some bloke at first slip, you know, dived two metres to his left and took a ripper. But in this match, you're right, he got a bit of luck. It was a dolly catch. I reckon you would have even... Actually, you know what? Gibbo would have been able to catch it, even not today. State right now. Yeah, he'd been able Gibbo. to catch that one. Yeah, I'm looking so, at Gibbo um, on... I'm looking at Gibbo on teams at the moment because I'm, I'm in the Gold Coast SEN studio. Gibbo, you look disgusting. Thank you, Jace. <laughs> have you, you showered today? Yeah, of course. Please, come on. Look at that and dirty I'll, mo you got I'll, as well. I'll also have you know that I'm Harbord Bowling Club, Cricket Club's best bowler. So I would have taken that, Jace. What What do you bowl? Oh, dibbly dobblies, right arm. Yeah. Medium. Yeah, how would you have taken the catch off your own bowling if you were the wiki, if you were bowling? Always. How would you Always. have been wicketkeeper? Yeah, no, you're <laughs> right there, Andrew. You're right there, mate. Caught and bowled, I think. Yeah, but true. <laughs> A bowler never drops a, a court and bowled, mate. Never, they never, ever, ever drop. You can't do that. You can't do that to yourself. Hey, speaking of bowlers, Adam Zampa, he was outstanding, two for 12 or four overs. Yeah, he, he sort of uh, really halted the Sri Lankan momentum in that innings. It was, it was a good performance. And if Australia is to really challenge for this 
World Cup where you're going to need Adam Zampa firing because, you know, he doesn't have a lot of backup. You know, Ashton Agar, they're sort of not picking him and Mitch Swepton hasn't played a lot. So they really need Zampa to perform. You know, it was a good spell, two for 12 in four overs. You don't get much better than that in T20 cricket. But it did expose Australia's fifth bowler. Shranka really seemed to target Glenn Maxwell and Marcus Stoinis. They went for over 10 and over. And I think that's an Mm. area of concern. Uh, If, you know, England later on, well, tomorrow morning, Australian time, it's a huge game. You know, England will probably target Stoinis, Maxwell, and even Mitch Marsh, because that's probably the weak link in Australia's bowling lineup. Yeah, that's true. But if we can break through early and get some early wickets, then that doesn't become such a such a big issue as you say they will take on the poms tomorrow morning 1am sydney time um the game before that though south africa versus sri lanka we've had the whole thing about quentin de Kock uh this week and whichever side of the fence you sit on i i think the performance by cricket south africa here was disgusting telling the team on the way to the bus and putting pressure on people to take a knee in this day and age you should get the choice to whether take the knee or not take the knee, and I, I thought that was, I, I thought that was poor form by their governing cricket body. But Quentin de Kock has apologised. He's back in the he's back in the squad. Do you think he'll play tonight against Sri Lanka? I think they'll have to stick him in. He's such a good player. He's without doubt he's their, their best, best batsman at the moment. Right? And I think that that apology was pretty unequivocal. There was no reason now not to select him. There was fears after he pulled out of that last game that we might not see him play international cricket again. I mean, there was headlines in the paper that big bash clubs were courting him to try and get him down here for the summer. And that would have been really sad because he's such an exciting player. South Africa have lost so many of their best players over the last few years for various reasons. Um, so I think this is the best result. He's apologised. He'll be taking the knee tonight. And uh, I take your point about Cricket South Africa chucking it on them at the last minute. That was probably where the error was. If you're going to make a policy like that, you can't just stick it on half an hour before a game. You've no. got to discuss it with the team in a proper environment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it kind of backfired a little bit as well because of what it did then, it, it goes against everything taking your knee is about. It's about unity. And then it just divided the cricket world and it was just anyway hopefully we can move on from that victory tonight for australia we'll see them progress to the semis the poms are the favorites this not many people giving australia a chance and it might be because that fifth bowling option that you mentioned manners but i i actually think this is this is the strongest squad australia can put together and when we had this squad back in 2019 we're number one in the world and i i I reckon this squad of Australia's is only going to get better, and I actually think we'll beat England tonight. And I'm not just saying that being an Aussie. I actually think we're a very, very good chance of beating them. Look, I think we are a good chance of beating them tonight, but I still have some slight concerns about this lineup for the Aussies. I still think we're a bit short in the spin department. As I said, there's not a lot of backup for Zampa. Adil Rashid, the the English spinners have been in exceptional form throughout this tournament. I'm not sure about our lower middle order. You know, you've got Wade at seven. Is he the best finisher in Australian cricket? I'm not sure. But what's good is you, you make a good point. Finally, we've got our best players on the, the park. That's I mean, right. it seems like we never get to see Australia's best players playing T20 cricket. They're either resting because they've just played a test series or they're resting because they've got to go to the IPL in a couple of months. You never know why, but usually we only get about half our best players. So it's really hard to judge how the Australian T20 team is tracking. So 
we've got them all together now. I think this showing signs of improvement in those first two games. If they continue to improve against the Poms, I think we'll give them a run for our money. But England certainly starts favourite tomorrow morning. You look at it, though, we've got, you know, let's hope Warner and Fincher back in form now. We've got Maxi, who's been making runs for the last couple of months in the IPL in the UAE. We've got Stoinis hitting some, some good runs as well. And there's a bloke called S. Smith, who's just quietly building away, making 30s and 40s. I think I think our batting is probably the best in the whole competition. Yeah, I, I, I slightly disagree with that. I think where Australia's short is our fearlessness at the crease. I don't think we have the power and aggression that some other the teams have. You, know, you look at some of these lineups, they just bat without any fear of consequence. They're always looking for the boundary. And usually in T20 cricket, the team that hits the most boundaries wins the game. So you're right. If, you know, players like Maxwell, Finch, Stoiner and Warner, Stoinis and Warner fire, they are going to give Australia big totals. Uh, Steve Smith is your sort of anchor. He's the one to bat around everybody else and rotate the strike and mosey along at a strike rate of around 110. But he needs players around him with the power. I, I think that's where Australia's really got to improve. We've just got to be fearless and look for these big totals. Manners, we'll be fine, mate. Trust me. We're there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very confident, Jase. Listen, mate, we've got to go. We've got to go to a break. Uh, it's uh, Andrew Menzel from Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. Uh, get that from wherever you get your podcast from. Let's wish the uh, the Aussies good luck tonight. Uh, thanks for joining us on Sports Central on SEN, mate. Thanks, Jason. Have a good day. Cheers, man. It's to you. There you go. Gee, I, I really think we look good, Gibbo. I really think I think we have a fearless batting, batting attack. Well, hopefully Davey Warner, after that knock, a couple of nights ago is going to bring the form into the English because we really need him to stand up. But, yeah, I agree with you, Jace. I reckon our batting lineup is looking very good. you got Stoinis, Maxwell coming in to finish the innings. Very dangerous. Our big problem, I reckon our big problem going into the World Cup was our batting lineup. No one was getting any runs. They seem to be a little bit more consistent now. I don't know. What are your thoughts? 0457 736 736. Uh, the Aussies, any chance tonight? Against the English, or can we say the Poms? I'm going to say the Poms this afternoon. This is Sports Central on 1170 SCN or via the SCN app. We better get to a break when we come back. Chris Nelson's going to preview the Golden Eagle and the Group Four, the Group One, the four Group Ones today at Flemington. We'll get to that next here on SCN. This is Sports Central on SCN. Yeah, welcome back to it. Jason Matthews here for your Saturday Arvo Gibbo on the buttons uh, in the Sydney studio for us today as well, Gibbo. Had a big one last night uh, with the boys after the uh, Joel and Fletch OB. So what, what, that you start at work there at three. Are you three o'clock? They got to the where was it last night? It was Sporting the, Globe. Yeah, the Sporting Globe in Darling Harbour. You know the the bad thing, Jace. I had to be in studio, so they were down yeah, there from the three. Thing. I was I was here all afternoon, but I made up for lost time when I got there. I promise you that. Drink responsibly. Uh, gamble, respond, do everything responsibly. Isn't it weird we've got to tell everyone to do that nowadays? People can't think for themselves. Well, Toolman sent a text in on 0457 736 736. He says, get back on it, Gibbo. Yeah. <laughs> Gibbo, looking at your face right now, Gibbo, you just want to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how we go. Once I finish this great show, I'm sure I'll have a couple of sherbets. All right. Again, drink responsibly. Uh, gamble responsibly as well. Chris Nelson's joining us now, SEN Tracks racing expert. Well, one of many. G'day, Nelson. 
Jase, how are you going? And you're right. I mean, you drive down the freeway these days, and there'll be an illuminated sign that says "Drive safely." I mean, you need to be told that. <laughs> now I was going to drive like an idiot. Yeah, I'm glad that right. sign. I'm glad that. that sign was yeah. there. Now that I've seen that, I'll make sure I don't. <laughs> Mate, you would have had a quiet Friday night because you just, Gibbo, you don't know, but Nelson, um, I always talk to Nelson on a Friday on another show, and he he gets his Aussie pizza. On a on a Friday I night, I don't know who eats. Night. I did. You do, who eats an Aussie pizza? Like seriously, Me? how much of the pig do you want on that pizza? You got bacon and ham. I mixed it up. I mixed it up with a capricciosa as well. A what? Cap, capricciosa. Cap, it's a capricosa. Capricosa. No, it's a capricciosa, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's just a spell, spelling it's mistake on your local local pizzas menu, mate. That is. It's a capricosa. It no, is. It's not. No. It's not it's spelt like that. <laughs> you look it up. You Google you Google that and you'll let Cap Rich. <laughs> I don't trust you people in Coolum. It's not. It's Cap Rich Eosa. You look at the spelling of it. <laughs> it's Capricosa. Well it might be. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. How do you say Capricosa? The pizza. Not like that. that there's a ba- basically that's just an Aussie. Take off the egg and put some uh, put some olives on it, isn't it? Olives on there, yeah, that's right. So uh, really mix it up. Have, We're all out. How, how can you have egg on a pizza? Oh, it's nice. Nothing wrong with a small. Well, it wasn't. It was a family. I shared it. Didn't eat all of it myself. You'd be you'd be pleased to know. But um, there you go. Are and you pizza the, on? Are you pizza on or uh, sorry, you pineapple on or pineapple off a pizza? D- definitely pineapple off. O double S. No way. Give no. Give eight, don't put, put write this down. This is a rule for Sports Central. No more Chris Nelson. Yep, too easy, seriously. Mate. No more Chris, Pineapple is Chris not Nelson. Pineapple, <laughs> fruit salad, and something else. I don't know. Pineapple Gibbo or not? Yeah, absolutely. Love pineapple. Why? Do, egg? No, no nah. egg on a pizza, mate. <laughs> That's for toast. Now listen, the Golden Eagle today, yes. big day. Uh, out at Rose Hill, $7.5 million prize money. And, of course, 10% of the, the winnings, I love this, goes to charity. Each horse has a designated charity next to it. This is wonderful. and I, We should be doing more of this, mate. Yeah, it's a, it's a great idea, isn't it, to have that. And, and look, 10% of the prize money on offer. Uh, first prize is $2 million. No, I've got the wrong page there. First prize is, let me just have a look here. $4.1 million. So 10% of that works out to be a fair amount, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it works out to be about 400000 Yes, exactly. So um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind that jumping in, but uh, that's great. That's great for those charities. And, of course, it's not just first, the second, third, fourth, fifth, yeah, et cetera, as well. So, um, you know, you run fifth, you like? with 18000 uh, I like I'm Thunderstruck, number two. I-, I just think that win in Melbourne in the two-rack last time was very good. Great ride that day by Jai McNeil. He's not riding this time around. Hugh Bowman takes over, but I think this horse is very, very promising type, and he can win the uh, the Golden Eagle and walk off with that four point one million dollars total prize money. Well, will Huey Bowman be going back down for the Melbourne Cup, or is he just stay? He'll be he's back in Sydney to stay now. I think if these jockeys can travel, he would definitely be going back down for Melbourne Cup day. I, I would think so. Yeah, I mean, I haven't oh, yeah. seen the fields are out for Tuesday, so you would be able to see if he is riding, and I might be able to punch that in while I'm. Uh, while I'm chatting to you, but I would think so. I know James McDonald is obviously down there and he rode the first winner uh, a couple of minutes ago, fangirl for Chris Wallace. So he's on his way. He just seems to ride winner after winner every Saturday. 
Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the uh, the four Group Ones today. That kicks off with the uh, is it the Empire Rose? That's the first one today. Race five. Yep. The Empire Rose is race five at three o'clock yep. uh, local time. Uh, Tafane just hasn't ticked that sixteen hundred meter box, but did run second. Uh, two on Thunderstruck in the two act. There wasn't a lot between them. She's probably the one to beat. I just thought if she was a little bit vulnerable late, Mystic Journey could give her a run for her money. So in that race, and look, in most of these races, I'm going to give you two horses to back, which is not ideal, but they are so open. Uh, you, mm. you can get good odds about them. So if one of them happens to win, you'll end up in front. So I think Tafane and Mystic Journey in the Empire Rose are the way to go. Okay, quickly, uh, let's go to the, the Derby, the big race today. What do you like there, mate? Gunstock, number four, just busting to get out over a trip. He's drawn wide, but they'll go back and they'll let him settle and let him come with his run in the straight. So I think he's the one to beat. Uh, the one that ran in the uh, bars last Saturday at Tamuni Valley and was basically two or three lengths last early and then rattled home was number seven, Jungle Magnate. Now, it's a stable mate of Gunstock. So we'll go with uh, those two, Gunstock number four and Jungle Magnate in the uh, derby. Mate, anything in uh, Brizzy before we let you go at uh, Eagle Farm today? Yes, the first favourite went under at a dollar forty-five, but is currently protested against the winner, so that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm on that, by the way. That's in a multi. That better get up, <laughs> yeah, Nelson. Well, <laughs> I don't think it will. I think it's going to go under. I Your really, I think mate. Prob- how do you not pick a dollar forty winner? How can you not pick one? Well, I don't ride them and I don't uh, condition <laughs> them. I just go on form, and on form, it was going to win by about six lengths, but uh, it's gone under by about a half head. But hopefully, uh, hopefully the stewards can make the right decision. Uh, race 10, number six, Salatine, this afternoon at Eagle Farm. Uh, race nine, number two, Faistos. I have no idea why we're working backwards, but we are. And race eight, number seven, Sienna's Choice. So late in the day when you're sitting back, Jace, having a, um, a lemonade and sass. Is that what they call it? Lemonade and sass. You can back race I don't eight, know, number mate. seven, race nine, number two, and race ten, number one. Alrighty, thank you for that, uh, Chris Nelson. Good luck uh, this afternoon. Remember, gamble, drive, and drink responsibly. And that was race ten, number six, not number one. My apologies. I will. Everyone have a great day. I hope you back plenty of winners. All right, mate. Take care, Chris Nelson. There on uh, Sports Central here on eleven seventy SEN. You can obviously tune in through eleven seventy SEN. You probably are right now if you are listening or via the SEN app. Don't forget our hypothetical this afternoon. If you could change the result of any sporting event. Any time in history, what would you do? What would it be? What would that event be? 0457 736 736. Shoot us a text. This is uh, Sports Central on SEN. Back shortly. This is Sports Central on SEN. Chris Nelson's just sent me a text going, I dare you to play this on air, Gibbo. He's got the pop, proper pronunciation for Capricosa. I don't like that bloke. That's wrong. <laughs> He was close. Well, what do you know? He's Italian. <laughs> a, uh, time now to catch up about uh, some NRL. Actually, before we get to that, let's bring in Michelle Bishop from Channel 7 and also Breakfast with Vossi. G'day, Michelle. How are you? Good afternoon. How are we this afternoon? I'm absolutely pumped. I'm here at Rose Hill. It's finally uh, no. coming alive, seeing some action because we haven't seen racing here for quite some time because of the pandemic, but a $7.5 million Golden Eagle. And just the, the whole, uh, you know, the charity component of this race this afternoon where 750000 bucks will go to 18 charities. I just think it's, it's genius. It's great. Isn't it great? We're just talking about that, actually. And I'd love to see that in more, more sports, Michelle, not just horse racing, but I think that's... I think that is outstanding. Like the winner, the winning charity, 
we'll get 400,000 bucks. That's awesome. 410, and it'll just change so many lives. I mean, I did a story on 7 News last night um, with Adrian Late. He's a, obviously a jockey. His uh, four-year-old son, Liam, was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. Um, and so the Freedmans have got on board that with the big love little jumping gate seven, uh, 16 today. Um, and just, you know, imagine that, that 400,000, 410 to be exact, for that to go to uh, muscular, muscular district in New South Wales, it's just a mm. huge cash injection. It's, it's fantastic and can, it can, you know, change lives. Yeah. Now, well done. Well done, Racing New South Wales. I think that's absolutely outstanding. Are you wearing a fascinator, Michelle? What's going on? Oh, look, I'm not one of those girls. <laughs> I just can't oh, no. I've got a nice, neat little headpiece. Um, a touch of gold, so I've got the gold shoes and a little touch of gold on, on as a little tiny uh, headband. But no, not not into the fashion. I just, just can't pull them off. Can't do everything. Okay. Come on. <laughs> no, no, true, true. Hey, listen, I want to talk to you about some NRL news. And, of course, last chance to secure players uh, for 2023 at existing clubs. Uh, before they hit the market uh, Monday, and there's a few players uh, that uh, will have said like uh, today that they're going to risk it from Monday. Who are those players? Well, look, I mean, I, the whole Parramatta situation is the biggest concern to me, and their fans must be pulling their hair out. Isaiah Papali'i, um, he was probably one they could have jagged and thought, OK, well, we've got one in win out of, I guess, the 14 or so that are, that are basically going to be going and, and looking for other clubs. But he's rejected an offer from the Eels. Um, and, that was and about 450. Was that around 450, um, Michelle? Are you hearing that? I'm I'm of the um, well I've been told it's sort of a lot lower the eels lowballed him at around wow. just under three hundred thousand so he's like well yep you can um, you can you know do Stick what that. you want with that but I'll be yeah. moving on and trying to put that politely but um, yeah so he's going to go off and, and obviously I'm look I'm actually I'm hearing the tigers are super keen I'm really um, you know a bit gobsmacked that there isn't more interest maybe people just aren't talking about it but he was what a breakout season he had Bellingham second yeah. row of the year he was just you know phenomenal but I mean more importantly for the for the for the Eels right at the moment. As I say, that could have been one that they could have just jagged and put away quietly and said we had one win. They've got roughly 14 players. Um, obviously, Gutho, Reid Marnie, Junior Paulo are, are the big ones. Um, you know, Campbell Gillard signaled that he's off looking for something else as well. They have got some real problems. And, and Parramatta fans, I mean, you know, social media has gone nuts. They want to know what's happening to mm. their poor old side moving forward. I cannot see, I mean, you know, maybe Gutho will stay, maybe Junior Paulo, but I just can't see Reid Marnie, um, you know, continuing on at, at Parramatta. I just think the interest and the, he wants to be home with his family um, up in Queensland. He sort of has indicated that. But the, the interesting one for me is this whole Pierce uh, scenario. Um, obviously, you know, the move to Catalans, it's a given. It's going to happen. There's a process and obviously the Newcastle Knights want to look like they're right across it and everyone's a winner and we're all happy days, but he'll go. And my sources sort of tell me that the Luke Brooks um, situation is the fact that he's on massive dollars. Um, he is managed, so we, we, we do this quite often now, Vossi and I join the dots. So he's managed by the same manager as um, the Knights coach, Adam O'Brien. So obviously that, you know, maybe where their interest is. But the Tigers, they'd have to tip in an enormous amount of money to um, for him to go to Newcastle. And they've sort of put it on record that they don't want him to go anywhere. They want him to stay. Then you've got the scenario with Jackson Hastings coming out of quarantine next week. The plot really thickens with the Newcastle Knights. They've talked about that half combination with Clifford and obviously Ponga moving from fullback into the halves. It's, it didn't work um, before, but now they've got a whole new uh, situation with Joey Johns being there. So, I mean, you know, that that's not... Uh, I, I don't think that the, the Knights are going to be the losers in that one. I think, you know, things will work out. So so what are you saying? Are you saying that Luke Brooks will go... Your, your oil is that Brooks will go to Newcastle? 
look, I'm, what I'm saying is I don't feel like the, the real public push and the statement and the, the big let's make a massive effort to say that we want to retain Luke, Luke Brooks is really um, where, where they want to go with it. Um, I, I just, for mine, I'm just sort of, I haven't seen them being on the front foot um, and issuing a statement. Maybe that's something new. Um, you know, I'm not sure, but they haven't ever done that before. They were extremely proactive in this. And I just feel like this is a, because, I mean, you know, we all know the amount of criticism even West mm. Tigers fans have had for poor Luke Brooks. But you know what? It could be a good for him, good move for him with his career, um, a new club. We often see that. I mean, you know, he, he's a good player, but he just hasn't fired in the last couple of years at the Tigers. Um, moving is, on to Penrith, yeah. which is a, another um, very interesting situation. Of course, Paul Momorowski, that uh, deal off to the Roosters. It's, it's actually really good to see him return. Um, to That's the a big get. But, it is a huge get. A little bit of concern for my nephew Adam Kieran there. He needs to pull his socks off. But no, look. I mean, I think they've. I think they've learned. I think Trent Robinson. You know, he's he's learned from this year. No one ever expected um, them to. Uh, you know, that was a, just a complete disaster in terms of the injury toll that they they endured. Um, but he'll be enormous. And the fact that he's twenty five. I was actually having a good look at his situation. Twenty five years of age. He obviously started at the Roosters. He's gone away. He's been a real journeyman. He's off West Tigers. Then he was on a trade deal to the Melbourne Storm. He's often won a premiership um, with uh, with Penrith. And look, he's working in all those different systems, especially clubs like, I'll probably take the Tigers out of that scenario, but working with clubs like the Penrith Panthers and the Melbourne Storm, the amount of um, experience that he's going to bring to that club uh, next year, because let's face it, there's still a whole bunch of young kids at the Roosters that you know flipped and flopped their way through the season last year. Um, it, it's a, it's another masterstroke, I think, from from Trent Robinson. But he's obviously out of that Penrith system, and boy, aren't there some dramas out west at the yeah, moment? Yeah, yeah. T- take us through the rest of them. What's what's going on with uh, with Nathan Cleary? Well, look, I, I, I say this, and, and, and this whole situation between the Penrith Panthers and I guess even the NRL, can, it's getting ugly, and I think Brian Fletcher needs to put on a big Chinese feed out there at Tinga, great restaurant, break bread, do whatever you've got to do, because <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Sounds really like petty, this one, and, and to be honest, this was my sort of first reaction, I was like, really, are we going to go there? But it, it does appear, um, if you're going to look into it, to be disrespectful. So um, Nathan Cleary's Clive Churchill medal, of course. What a sensational year. What a fantastic game. The play with the busted shoulder, all the rest of it. But they got the engraving wrong on, on his actual Clive Churchill medal. It was like, mate, you had one job and you stuffed it up. Mm. Stadium Australia was engraved on it instead of Suncorp Stadium. I mean, we all knew it was being, the grand final was going to be moved to Suncorp Stadium for some time. But, you know, they were, he was asked to put on a smile, put on a brave face, just ignore it in front of the cameras, let's get on with it, and we'll have a new one for you in no time. Guess what? Grand final's done and dusted. With, so we're nearly ready to start the pre-season with November 1. And poor old mate still hasn't got his Clive Churchill medal. So someone needs, your head office needs to get on top of that. But we probably wouldn't be having this conversation about the medal. It probably wouldn't have leaked its way into the media if there wasn't this sort of bit of a standoff between the NRL and the Penrith Panthers given the Panthers are dirty. They're really dirty about the way their whole grand final celebrations were perceived. And look, I will put myself out there and I always sound like I'm sticking to the Panthers, but on this one, I just think there are a bunch of kids that, or if I've got to stop saying kids, a bunch of blokes that put their heart and soul into a really solid season. Um, they certainly went a long way about doing what they obviously achieved and they won. And I can tell you because I'm in a really good position. I am uh, with these boys a lot. They would have celebrated exactly the same way had they been playing touch footy in a park in Mount Druitt or in the middle of Suncorp Stadium or wherever with a crowd. They are just that kind of kind of bunch yeah, right. of boys. 
Um, oh, yeah. I think it's pretty pathetic. But then we move on to the whole Tyrone May situation. Which yeah. Is a whole new can I? Can I? I just want to ask you about it. So Tyrone May, he had a week to show cause, you know, to come back and plead his case. I, I would expect that he had a week to come back to the board to to beg for his job. Is that right? Well, that's, in a nutshell, that's basically what he's doing. And there was also a level of criticism at the Penrith Panthers that they took so long to get to the point of making him come to like to, to issue that show cause notice. But that was um, pretty poor, know, Michelle. That was pretty. It was. That, they did drop the ball on that. They did. They absolutely did. Um, obviously, we all know he ripped off those lyrics off a song um, off that Canadian rap rapper. Um, I think his name was Drake. Sorry, not 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 up with the speed with all, all the rappers. But anyway. I think his um, name was bad. Drake. You're you're sounding <laughs> as old as me now. You know that. <laughs> well, I am. I am. Apparently, I just learned to use an ATM machine. Anyway, um, look, it, it appeared that he showed no remorse by putting that up. Obviously, the, the, the wider community viewed that as being um, in relation to the sex scandal that he was, um, you know, obviously found guilty in court. He was given a three-year good behaviour bond and the 300 hours of community service where he obviously went off and picked up dogs poo in a park. But um, I'm guessing that he's going to be telling the board something very different next week and it'll be something along the lines of that I was more referring to, you know, growing up in a, um, a I guess, a, socio, a low socioeconomic, um, you know, area of Mount Druitt, humble beginnings and making it great. That's probably what he's going to tell the board next week. Um, but we'll just have to, you know, wait and see. It, it wasn't a good look, and I've said that from the start. It, I, I do remember reading the post and sort of having that kind of gut, like, oh, that's not going to sit well at all. That just doesn't seem right. But, um, I mean, you know, massive amount of pressure on the Penrith Panthers because he obviously, you know, he's a local kid. Um, he's obviously got that great relationship with Ivan Cleary. He sees him as a bit of a father. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. With, um, with, with Nathan. So it's a, it's a really unfortunate situation, but it's one where... I guess all eyes are on the Penrith Panthers and the board. I know internally on the board there's some very angry people. Um, so, that, look, I, I mean, this is something I, I have to have an each-way bet on. I just have no, despite, you know, having a few, close to a few insiders there at Panthers, um, I just can't get a, a full read on which way this is going to go. I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if he's still at Penrith after that board meeting when he, when he puts up his case because I, I don't care what he says. There's no excuse for what he did. And yeah, but my big thing with this is, and this is across the board, this is not just, um, you know, singling out the, the Tyrone May situation. If a club feels strongly enough and, 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 you know, it's like, you know, the final straw in some scenarios where they're going to get rid of a player, we can't afford as a code to continue to go, OK, well, you can pop up at, um, you know, the West Tigers in, in February on, on, a, on a lesser deal. We have to make a stand. If, if players are doing the wrong thing or, or seem to be not good for the game or not good for a particular club, well, then we need to... We need to deregister them we need to or, or we put them off for a year and put them through yep. life and i don't say any counseling i don't say i put them through life go back to go and get a job and going back to doing getting a absolutely. job and understanding what it's like and knowing that rugby league is an actual privilege absolutely michelle you couldn't have said a better look we're gonna to go to a break hey did you back that favorite the first at rose hill no i haven't had time but gee i'm hoping no. um i'm on private eye in, in the um in the uh, golden eagle this afternoon and just a, a four pillars a new race Get on different strokes. All right. Listen, you heard it there from uh, Michelle Bishop, um, and, and she does that show every Saturday morning with Bensley on SCN Tracks. So this lady knows what is she is talking about. Michelle Bishop, enjoy the <laughs> afternoon. Oh, Bens, Bens will tell you otherwise. Bens will uh, tell you I've otherwise. I've heard. Didn't it take you about 50 weeks to get a tip right? Something like that. They're all seconds and thirds. <laughs> go, anything I say, go each way. There you go. I've, I've put it out there. 
Michelle Bishop from Channel 7 and Breakfast with Vossi. Thanks for your time on Sports Central, mate. Thanks, guys. Cheers. This is Sports Central uh, on 1170 SEN and across across uh, the world on the SEN app. We better get to a break when we come back. Tristo from Top Sports got some odds for us on this afternoon's racing here on SEN. This is Sports Central on SEN. Sure is. Jason Matthews here. Gibbo's uh, pushing all the buttons. And this man, Tristo from Top Sports, is uh, giving us the good oil on the markets this afternoon. Top Sport, home of the Top Sports bet- betting multi Download the Top Sport app today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Tristo. How are you, mate? Very good, Jace. How are you? Big day today. It's uh, my favourite day oh. of the year racing-wise. We've got, what, nine? Uh, we've got eight more group races. One's already done and dusted at Flemington, and then we've got the Golden Eagle as well. So, huge day It's a day huge of day. Racing, and it's, uh, yeah, favourites. Punters have started well. A couple of favourites saluted early, so they got a lead, and uh, we've still got plenty of races to come. Yeah, not the one Chris Nelson tipped me at Eagle Farm in race one. I swear to God, no, no, it stuffed yeah, my multi. Almost got up with, almost got up with a protest as well, but couldn't quite get over the line, unfortunately. So, but up, uh, there's plenty of races. They're just going around Eagle, Eagle Farm race two now, but we'll try to find the punter, uh, the listeners a couple of winners today. So, right here, mate. Let's go to the Golden Eagle. Let's go to the Golden Eagle. Golden Eagle has seen the best back runner anywhere all day today is number nine Ellsberg. It's been seventeen dollars into six dollars, absolutely smashed. There's a good chance it could get even and start favourite. Uh, the two I'm Thunderstruck has been four forty into uh, four eighty into four forty as well. Um, and then the one to look at at a little bit of value is number eleven Count de Rupee. It's seventeen into sixteen, slight slight sort of firm, but I think it's a big chance. It's very unlucky last start, and if it's taken any improvement, I think it's worth a little dabble each way. I like my boom horses, mate. I'm on Exo Boom. Exo Boom, yeah. Well, it's it's been 31 into 26, and uh, Lee Margorian on board. You know, it's going to get a decent start. Obviously, last start mm. winner. So, just if it can navigate across that barrier 12, but if it can do, then yeah, 26 dollars, a little bit of each way value. Look at the best, the best option there, because I reckon the totes mate might pay high on a big day like today. Right, yeah. The Derby this afternoon as well. Uh, the second of the Group Ones, the Savo at Flemington. How's that looking? Well, the Derby, there's only been two favourites that have won this race in the last 15 years, and we've seen both of them drift. Number one, Forgot Use, 360 out to 550. Number two, Guns, uh, number four, Gunstock, 440 out to 550 as well. So they've, the punters have come for all the rougher runners, the three Allegrons into $6 just behind them, and the two, two Takaka, 12 into 8 but the one I like, I'm still surprised it's a double-figure odds. I'm not sure how we opened it at 26. It's been 26 into 12, Jungle Magnate. If you watch its replay there last start where it ran third behind Forgot You, it was huge, and it just got a clip at the top of the straight. That was at the Valley, which I don't think suited its running style. I really like it at Flemington. I think it's a massive chance to win this race. $12 with Luke Curry on board, a good draw. Um, wide open straight at Flemington, as I said. I reckon it's a massive chance in this race. Jungle All right, Magnate. that's a good one. Yep. That's a good one, mate. And finally, before we go, T20 World Cup. Aussies taking on England 1am tomorrow morning, Sydney time. Uh, Aussies Outsiders. Outsiders, yeah, the English have been very, very good in the field. They've been restricting their opponents. And the Aussies' top order haven't been so successful. But I think that the big thing for Aussie fans is David Warner getting dropped there, coming back in a little bit of form, I think. Yep. I reckon 224, the Aussies. If the Aussies can put up a few runs, they're going to be hard to beat. You want to back whoever's batting second, though. All right, Matty. Thanks, Tristan, from Top Sport. Thanks, uh, gamble, gamble responsibly. We're going to go to a break when we come back. NBA with Brooksy. We'll see what's going on there this week. This is uh, Sports Central, live across the SEM app and on 1170 SEN back soon. This is Sports Central on SEN.
Yeah, it certainly is. Welcome back to it. Jason Matthews here. Big second hour coming up. Gibbo's on the buttons as well. I knew this was going to happen, Gibbo. I knew we'd be on the air, and then I, I want to have a bet. So, oh, do you want me to? How um, I meant to? Can you watch? You? Yeah, can you? Yeah, that's I, right. I can pad for you if you'd like. I'm just trying to put the bet on. Yeah, no worries. Flemington race two. Is it race two? Yeah, race two. Uh, Great house number four. Let's go. Let's chuck. Sorry, guys. I'll be with you in a sec. One, two. There we go. We're about to chat hey, to Nathan Brooks, though. Yeah, Brooksy. Yes. Yeah, well, Brooksy is the producer uh, of uh, Joel and Fletch. And, of course, you work on that show as well. And uh, he's a bit of an NBA geek, isn't he? Yeah, massive, massive NBA geek. American sports, really. He really he's a sicko for that sort of stuff. He doesn't like Australian sports. <laughs> What's wrong oh, with him? I think he once the Illawarra Steelers got kicked out of the comp, I think that's when he really was run and done. Steals. What a great team. Hey, as well as Brooksy coming up, uh, Stevie Johnson, uh, son of a gun, of course, uh, Dick Johnson's son. And, of course, he was a great supercars driver himself. Steve, he will join us to preview what is going to be a massive six weeks of motorsport action uh, in our country. And, of course, Brett Phillips, SEN's tennis expert, and he's from the first serve as well. Uh, catch that, I think it's Monday nights from 8 o'clock here on SEN. He, uh, we're going to talk about the Australian Open and whether you need to be vaxxed or not and what's happening uh, with our summer of tennis that's actually coming up uh, as well. I've got a text here too, 0457 736 736. Hey, Woogie, I'm a sucker like you. I can't help but, but put my hard earn on boom horses. Go exo boom. That's from Tim the Tool Man. Good on you, Tim. Rightio, let's bring in uh, Brooksy. The, the great producer here at SCN. He is the best. Uh, and he is having a wonderful life at the moment, single, post-lockdown. How are you going, Brooksy? Oh, Jace, I'm very well. And it's great to join your uh, personal punting show, mate. Um, any other <laughs> bets we're going to be putting on live today? Or Well, mate, I, can't, I, said, I said this to Jez, our boss. I said, mate, the, you got to understand, it's the, it's the Melbourne Cup carnival, mate. So if there's a bet that comes up, Whilst I'm on air, I have to stop and actually have a bet, and he's all right with that. So, and of I course, think, you can catch all. The, I was going to say you can catch all the I, action of Derby Day after we finish at two o'clock here on SEN. I tell you what, I used to do when remember the old lawn parties down at Randwick and Rose Hill. Mm. I think they even did them out there during Autumn Carnival. I'd put all my bets on at the start of the day and go back to the tad eight hours later and see how I went. Sometimes and? it was the better days. No, no, they were the better days when you weren't like looking at the form guide all day and changing bets. And, you know, I remember one race was the BMW. I was like, oh, Maccabi Diva's going to win. Maccabi Diva's going to win. Heard all this chat about Grand Army, changed my bet to Grand Army, and then (laughs) Maccabi Diva ended up winning. So you're the only bloke, you would have been the only person in Sydney that day backing against Maccabi Diva. You know that. Well, everyone in the line was as well, because they changed my mind. I was like, Maccabi, Maccabi, Maccabi. I'll have 100 on Grand Army, thanks. I think <laughs> this, is, right. this is me coming down the outside, boys. Here we go. Here we go. Hang on. Here we go. Come on. Get up. Get up. Go. 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 Whip it. Go. Whip go. It. Yes. Beauty. Oh. All right. Let's well talk done. NBA. The spades for itself. There you go. You just, go, you just earned two, two shifts for the price of one, mate. They paid three bucks. Gamble responsibly. Hey, uh, nice let's work. let's talk let's talk NBA, mate. I'm loving all this stuff about Josh Giddy, the former Adelaide 36ers guard. What is he five four or five games into his NBA career, and he's just tearing it up. And is it the the stat I think I saw on him this week, Brooksy, is that he's the second youngest player to hit the stats he's hitting at the moment. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I think I saw one that was second youngest to have a game of 10 or more assists behind the great LeBron James. So Yeah, in that's that pretty game, good. Jace, yeah, in that game, he had 18 points and 10 assists. I I went back and, like, I didn't get to see the game live. I purposely went back and watched the highlights of that game. Mate, he looks that good. He's very old school. Um I think he's very comfortable like with the ball in his hand now at the NBA level already five games in. He, what, what he does, he was doing really well with working with the big guys on pick and rolls and dropping floaters and little jump shots, being really creative. And that's what we've seen from international players in the past couple of decades. But then you look at his ball handling and his distribution. Like Some of it is like Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson-esque in terms of how long he's got with the ball and the passes that he's throwing, like bounce passes, flat, quick passes through the key, like great timing. Like there's some really good signs there. The Lakers aren't, like no LeBron in that game, but the Lakers have a good roster. There's a lot of veterans yeah. in there and he, car- he carved them up. And down, down the stretch where the game was on the line, they were still looking for their first win, the Thunder. He, he was massive. He connected really well with one of their veterans, Derek Favors, they don't have any, I believe they don't have any players under the age of 30, the Thunder. They have something ridiculous like 17 first round picks in the next six seasons. So their sort of motto at the moment isn't to win. But games like that give the Thunder fans a bit of hope as to what they're building towards. We sort of see, saw something like this in Philly about five, six years ago when they were trusting the process and tanking and getting these young guys a lot of exposure. But yeah. Josh Giddy settling in already. And, you know, he's making some news in Australia, which is great. It's good to see. Um, gets tough for them tomorrow morning, 10.30 uh, our time. Uh, they take on the Golden State Warriors. Uh, but that'll be a good challenge for him, won't it? Yeah, I think, like I said about the whole where the Thunder are, um, Jace. I think this is a really good opportunity for him to get some minutes under his belt. Like, it's going to be great for the Boomers too. Like, he... He could have got drafted to yeah. a team and basically sat on the bench and played like 10, 15 minutes a game. He's actually getting the 25, 30 mark, which is great. You know, he's going to make some mistakes and it's great to see that he can do it early on in his career on a team that isn't expected to make the playoffs. They're, like I said, they've got draft picks. So they're, they're sort of, they've got probably a three, five year Gus Gould sort of plan going at Oklahoma. So, that's what that's what the exciting thing about Giddy is. He'll he'll be able to make mistakes. He'll be able to grow. He's not a massive specimen in terms of muscle mass, so he can gradually just build his body and build into it. I think he's in like possibly the best situation he could have been in. Um, there was talk the Warriors were potentially going to grab him with one of their two um, lottery picks, and it's sort of good that he didn't in a sense that he is getting game time. Hey, he would would have been great playing with Andre Iguodala, Steph Curry, mm. Clay Thompson. But this is a really good opportunity just to, as I said, get minutes on the court and get a feel for the NBA and really develop his game over the next couple of seasons. Chatting to Brooksy, Nathan Brooks, the uh, producer of Joel and Fletch and mad NBA fan. Uh, Brooksy, I'm going to make, I said to you last week, I don't actually have a team in the NBA, but I'm going to make the Thunder my team because I want to be on that bus in about three or four years when we win a title. See, I'm even saying we win a title (laughs) already. When we win a title, Mate. I want to say I've been on them for three years. Yeah, it, see, I'm, I, it's been a bit of a sour point, the Thunder, for me. I'm an old Seattle Supersonics fan, and they were bought by um, Clay Bennett and moved to Oklahoma City. So right. I sort of, when there was the Westbrook, Durant, Harden sort of 
phase at the Thunder. They were all drafted by the by the Sonics, basically. But now this is definitely a new era, and I can I can sort of get around it too with Josh there and some of the younger guys too. Um, Darius Baisley had a big game against the Lakers as well. I think you'll find it'll be a fun experience, mate. Go following those. Let's those do games. it, Brooksy. Gonna, this this is the thing we could have in common. I'm, I'm not a single man <laughs> like you. I'm not on the dating scene in Sydney, ripping oh. it up every weekend. This is the one thing you and I can do together. What about our adopted uh, Aussie Lamelo boy? Uh, he's going. He's going fantastically as well. Is it is it true the NBLs put, put him in the position he's in now? Well, yeah, like it's definitely played a part. And RJ Hampton was another player in that draft that's now at Orlando. Um, He's coming off the bench. He's not getting as much exposure as what uh, Lamelo is. Lamelo was great in the um, Hornets' first five games, like putting up massive numbers and a big reason why the um, Hornets were four and one to start the season. They had a a loss today, I think, uh, against Miami. I watched the first three quarters of that. He... He did struggle. Miami are a very good defensive team. They've got Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, uh, and they're probably a team that the Hornets are going to have to go through if they want to get through and, and go deep in the playoffs. And look, it's only six games into the season, and you're going to have these games from time to time. Big green tick for the first five games. Bit of concern today, but you know it's a long season, 82 games. But yeah, yeah it, I, I, think, I think we spoke to Chase Buford yesterday, who's coaching the Kings, who was involved with um, Milwaukee. And obviously his uh, father, R.C. Buford, massive fingerprints all over the Spurs dynasty over the past 20 years. He's just, it, it's just massive how much people are talking about the NBL and Australian basketball, particularly off the bronze medal, but also like all the players that have come and gone from college and NBA that have done their job, done won rings, like, you know, been great locker room um, players. And that's why you saw Ball and Hampton come out and do a season rather than go to university to get that sort of professional basketball experience rather yeah. than a college experience. But yeah, the Next Stars program that the um, Larry Kesselman brought in a couple of years ago, like it's already reaped the benefits of those two and hopefully we'll get a few more. I think there are a few young guys coming out from different countries. And yeah, it's just, I think that's a great way. And it helps the league expand as well by bringing in these young guys to come in and, and provide extra roster spots. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Uh, the Bulls, are they still undefeated? No, they lost yesterday to the Knicks. Oh, they did two, uh, four and one now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting story there. DeMar DeRozan had the um, shot to win the game. They just recruited him from the Spurs. And RJ Barrett was the guy that defended him, who blocked him. And after the game, he grew up in Toronto and watched DeMar DeRozan, who played, I think, 10 seasons in Toronto um, coming out of college. And he was like, yeah, I watched him for 10 years, and I know he hesitates on that jump shot. So he read the play beautifully, being a fan having watched them after 10 years. And the Knicks have joined the Bulls at 4-1. Um, and one. It's actually quite um, congested at the top. Miami won today. They're 4-1. Washington's 4-1. and one. Charlotte, as I mentioned before, and the Knicks and the Bulls. So some of those teams weren't expected to have um, solid starts. But, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting race at the top of the East. Uh, what about uh, Steph Curry? How's his season going so far, five games in? Oh, but, mate, he's leading the league in points. He's, he's been the main catalyst as to why the... The Warriors are on top. Or well, Utah. They lost yesterday in overtime to the to the Grizzlies, and he's been the main point. Like no Clay Thompson scoring at will. He's still putting up like Steph numbers. Mate, the Warriors. I wasn't expecting them to be this solid out of the gates too. They got Clay coming back in probably February, 
So the Warriors will be will be a team to look out for in the back end of the year. But they're clicking. They got they got some of those veterans. Iggy came back, Andre Iguodala, which was a great sign. But they have a small team, so I think they're just trying to get the ball to Steph, shoot the lights out, try and beat teams like 140, 100 to 30. But um, mm. yeah, Jai Morant was the guy that um, dominated for the Grizzlies. He was a number two pick a couple of seasons ago, Jace. He's the one for you to keep an eye out on. Very athletic. Tried to dunk on Aaron Baines twice, I think, over the course <laughs> of two seasons, like massive dunk attempts. So yeah, he, he's in the early MVP candidate um, noms. So he's probably one to watch. Grizzlies, you'll probably come across them when they play the Thunder a couple of times this year. But yeah, keep an eye out on their point guard, Jai Morant. Rightio. Is, is, uh, is this an obvious question I'm about to ask? Steph Curry, is he the greatest player right now in the NBA? Whoa. Good question on the spot. Uh, if, if you if you were if you were picking a team and you're you're playing you know schoolyard yeah. basketball and you had all these players lined up, who'd be the first player you'd pick on your team? Okay, off the, straight away without thinking, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm taking him. He's he's just he's just too he's too big. He's too good. He's worked on his game a bit more. He led the Bucks to a championship last year. You can tell he's got that determination. He wants to go back-to-back. He's already put up massive games already for the Bucks. The Bucks are 3-2, and two, but that's all right. You're not meant to just come out and just blow out the opposition straight away, particularly when you're going to be the ones that everyone's chasing. But, yeah, he's already had a 40-point game. I think he had 17 rebounds and seven assists in that game too. He's just a force. Like, you can't stop him around the rim. I'd definitely probably be picking him first and then KD or Steph second. Hey, Gibbo, are you into your basketball? Uh, not really, Jace. I don't mind the NBL. Outback Shaq was my favourite player, Nate Jarwan. <laughs> but besides right. that, yeah, I don't mind it. It's good timing to watch, and so is the NFL midweek. Yeah, it's good. It is good, isn't it? Uh, it gives us some sport to get us through to, to the weekend. Hey, mate, I was chucking you out a hypothetical today, Brooks. I want to ask you this, moving away yeah. from the NBA. Um, yeah. If you could change the result of any sporting event, in any time in history, in any game, what would it be? Ooh. Mine's the 1993 test, the Windies versus Australia, Adelaide Oval. Uh, we needed two yeah. runs to win. Craig McDermott gets a dodgy decision from the umpire court <laughs> behind. After the boys, yeah. after him and Tim May put on a record, I think it was about 40-run partnership to get us that spot. And remember AB throwing that cricket ball down in disgust? Captain Grumpy? Yeah. That's the Possibly result I'd like to change. Day. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, that'd, that'd be that'd be up there for me. No, no, no. I nearly cried. Um, I reckon for me, like off again, nineteen ninety nine NRL Grand Final. Look, it was great. The Storm got to win in their second season, but as a as you mentioned earlier, struggling Illawarra Steelers fan, first year of the merger, Rod Wishart, Paul McGregor, some great players, Luke Patton, Craig Fitzgibbon, all at the Dragons that year. Jamie Ainsco. If only you just let Craig Smith put the ball down and let um, our SEN stablemate Noddy Kamali try and convert from the sideline. I, I think that's what I would, I would change. And you've also got a few sliding door moments in that game. Anthony Mundine, I'm not going to... I don't want to harp on it. We've won a premiership since. But yeah, it would probably be the 99 grand final. I reckon that's a massive sliding doors moment for the, the mm. merger too. What could have okay. been winning the first yeah. season as a merger... With all that talent, all the young guys coming through too. It, yeah. I, it, it, you heard the stories about the start of that season, Jace? With no. The, with the Illawarra and the St. George boys training separately. Like they got off to a rough start. I think they, 
were in the double header out there at ANZ Stadium against Parra. They looked terrible. Barrett was playing half back when he was playing 5-8 to the Steelers because Mundine was there. It was Amos Roberts and, and Luke Patton. Like there was all these conge- like there was so much like there were so many positional battles that they had to sort out over the course of the season. And then at the end, like there was all these guys that were running around for the last time t- time, Mark Coyne, Rod Wishart. Like it was just it was just it's just a shame that um my boys didn't get the the premiership in that first year. Mm, interesting. Um, there was, you know, it was a few years. There was a few years. No, no, no. I just because I was just thinking about saying, so you know, it was a few years. Yeah, whatever, there. Brooksy. <laughs> no, no, Brooksy. No, Brooksy. Brooksy. I've got one eye on the telly, like and I've got a couple of things. I, no, no, no. Because you know, there, I can't remember that because there was a few yeah. years that I actually didn't follow rugby league. The whole Super League thing, I didn't follow rugby league because South were booted yeah, out. Right. And there's a there's oh. a whole. But that was the end of the '99 season. South were booted out. But I, I just. There was there's a lot of stuff that went on that I just don't even know about. And it's really interesting. Yeah. I just I fo- I followed AFL. I jumped straight onto the Swans, and and now yep. obviously both. I love my rugby league more than anything else. But there's just kind of a vortex there. I just don't even know about in rugby league. I did not watch one game of football. Yeah, not right. one. That's a bit disheartening. Good to see you back. But yeah, well, well South are back. As soon as South came back, I started watching rugby league again. So and no, you, interesting. And I guess there were be a few people out there that listen that went for the Bears um, that would feel the same way. Like, they've, they've, mm. basically, they've basically dropped off when the Bears were, went to the Northern Eagles of all teams. Uh, sorry, the Manly Ringus Eagles of all teams to make the Northern Eagles. Like, and that was never going to work. And then to merge with your rival. Oh, that's tough. That's really we, tough. And there, you're not yeah. gaining many people trying to do a move like that, particularly <laughs> the Bears fans. Yeah, no, true. What about you, uh, Gibbo? Are you still with us? Uh, yeah, mate. What, about, what sporting <laughs> event would you like to change? Oh, he I looks terrible, Brooksy, by the way. Oh, hey. He looks, the oh, looks like the uni bomber. don't need to see that, mate. The listeners don't need to hear that. <laughs> anyway, 2010 grand final NRL. I put my first ever bet on it was a multi. It was Collingwood, who was my favourite team, and the Roosters. That explains And then they had, the, oh. um, they had the grand final replay because it was tight. Wait, wait, wait. The two worst sporting clubs in the world, Collingwood, Collingwood and the Roosters. Jace, I didn't nitpick your situation, so please allow me. <laughs> You're not allowed to talk about the Roosters when I'm on, mate. Oh, All right, okay, go ahead. No worries. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, 2010 Grand Final, Sydney Roosters. I would love for them to have won the comp that year because Todd Carney <laughs> was one of my favourite players, and I feel like he never really got the he never got the premiership. Misunderstood. He, hey, he was just an honest guy from Goulburn. <laughs> but yeah, right, I'd so- have to go Roosters. 2010 Grand Final. And how was the it. Brett Morris situation there where he went out of touch before that Gaz try? That's a bloody sliding doors moment in itself. Well, and I'm happy to admit it. But I feel like there were a lot of plotters in that Roosters side. Like, I think there were players like uh, Phil Graham, BJ Lua. Now, those guys who could have had a premiership. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Right. Early, early. Right. And BJ was 18. <laughs> oh, he was enormous that year. How's he going next year? Has he got a club yet? No, I don't think so. I don't think uh, mouthing off at your coach on Instagram is oh. going to do wonders for you. God, there's some idiots out there, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you'd think you'd probably put your phone in your pocket when you're trying to chase a new contract. You know what? If you can't say it to their face, you just don't put it on social media. If you're not comfortable doing 100%, that. No, that's Jace. a bit of advice for the kids out there listening to SEN this afternoon. Hey, Brooks, we're going to go. Oh, I'm, I'm there. Well, I feel like I'm... Are there? Yeah, definitely. I, I reckon that was great advice. 
for anyone between the ages of 16 to 84. <laughs> hey, didn't you send some offensive text messages last night, Gibbo, to some staff that may have been asleep ahead of working <laughs> today when you're out at, still at midnight? Yeah, yeah, I just um, sent a message Didn't you to... abuse Nick no, Davis? Oh, I wasn't abuse. I just called him soft. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, was, I was quite blind, though. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Drink responsibly. Uh, Brooksy, got to go, mate. Love that NBA no uh, catch-up. And uh, thanks for sh- sharing that uh, sporting uh, moment. I, I was interested as well, but I've got so many races on at the moment as well, and I'm just all <laughs> over the place. So uh, thank you, mate. Uh, have a good week with uh, Joel and Fletch. What's coming up next week? Anything exciting I should be excited about? Yeah. You know what? We're starting the week because November 1 is just around the corner, like just around it. We've got well, that is Bunn. Monday. That is Monday. Paul Bunn from the Storm, arguably ah. the team that's going to be most under the Syriaco Mesha come November, November 1 from the Dolphins and the other 15 clubs currently in the NRL. So... Paul Bunn's going to join us around 4 o'clock, I think. We're going to talk some recruitment. Um, yeah, it's going, to, it's going to be an interesting week, mate. Any any yep. any players you reckon are going to jump ship early on? Uh, early on? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think No, no. I'll tell you why. Because their managers will be playing the clubs up against each other for as long as they can. So I don't reckon we'll see a lot of movement straight away. If you were the Dolphins, yeah. though, who would you yep. sign? Who, 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 would, who would your first signing be? Legitimately, I'm not going to be one of these people that just go Teddy, Tom Travojevic. No. I'm going Reid Marnie. I, I, I'm going to try mm. and get that hooker. I'm going to get a Queenslander. I'm going to get him. But I'm going to, the, the controversial thing is we saw it with the South Queensland Crushers with Anthony Herbert and Garrick Morgan. I am putting everything I can at Quade Cooper and James O'Connor as being my two marquees. Really? Oh. Take from Rugby Union. Don't take from league. Get those two guys. Get some buzz going like we saw with Carmichael and Israel in the AFL when they expanded. Are go you serious? Go get, go get Jock. Go get Quaid. 100%. I don't know about Quaid, though, Brooks. He's, he's sort of He won't be leaving old. Japan, mate. He, and, and, yeah, he's too old. And that Carmichael hunt was One a... One year. That was a disgrace. That, that, get him, that get was him in a... a that Carmichael Hunt thing. Advertisement. No, but people see through that. I reckon Tino from the Titans. Hey, Brooksy, if you're talking about uh, Queensland Reds players, what um, Tong and Thor, Taniella Tupo, he'd be oh, a yeah, get fun role. I like, mate, and he is box office. Have you seen him in space? That'd be unreal for the Dolphins. You know better than me, Gibbo. Get, I think Pedro Sullivan's heading there. I reckon I'd slide into his DMs yeah. and try and get an assistant. <laughs> Uh, recruitment officer job. Oh, too easy. <laughs> Tonga Thor. All right. Hey, don't, do yeah. don't do it today. Don't do it today, mate. You're a bit cloudy yeah. with your vision and your thoughts. So don't do that today. Do it maybe Monday. Okay, Have no a sleep worries. in tomorrow, then do it then. All right, Brooksy, got to let you go, mate. Uh, look forward to no Joel Fletcher uh, next week here on 1170 SCN. And by the way, uh, Badge and Sats, Monday night, straight after you guys, uh, live from Toowoomba. Oh, the Clydesdale League Club. Yeah, I don't know where they're doing. They're doing from from some joint called the Rock or something like that. But uh, Monday, because uh, the launch of SEN Track in Toowoomba, so the boys will be up there with a whole heap of people. So that'll be good on on Monday night. Thanks, mate. We'll let you go. All right, thanks, gents. There goes Brooksy. About to go on another date.
Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, no doubt. Hey, listen, we better get to a break. We're meant to do a bit of a sports update here. We'll do that a little later on. We'll do that to finish the show off. When we come back, Stevie Johnson uh, from Dick Johnson Racing joining us here on Sports Central on SEN. This is Sports Central on SEN. Yeah, welcome back to Sports Central. Uh, Gibbo, Jason Matthews here as well this afternoon. Oh, God, there's so much going on. And, of course, the supercars are back. It's been a while, Gibbo, since we've had the supercars on our TV screens and, and back on the track. And, of course, Sydney Motorsport Park are hosting them for the next four weeks. And the son of a gun and the man we hear every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock on 1170 SEN, Stevie Johnson. Stevie J is joining us now. G'day, mates. Hello, boys. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Hey, um, uh, not a bad night last night for DJR, Shell V Power Racing Team with uh, Anton Di Pasquale's performance uh, in the uh, practice session. Yeah, mate, they've, um, you know, they've, they've hit, the, hit the track running, so to speak, and you know, it's good to be able to come out of the blocks like that and, uh, and be quick. You know, they've, they've had such a big break since Townsville and you know, they've all been uh, not really even able to do any driving. So to be able to get out there, blow the cobwebs out, I know the team's been working really, really hard um, you know, just at the workshop behind the scenes, not only building the new Gen 3 uh, car, the future car, but um, but also working on the current cars that they've got so that they can finish the championship off strong. Do you have to make any changes to them, Steve, with regards to, you know, twilight racing and night racing? Are there many adjustments to the car? Oh, man, not, not a lot. Um, you know, just little bits and pieces that you might need to tune up, whether it be you know, making sure that the engines and that sort of thing run at the correct temperature. So you might need to run a bigger radiator blank to not let as much air in or, you know, adjust your tyre pressure to suit. Um, but little basic things that people don't really, would never think of, um, you know, in the, in the race cars, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen um, their dashboards are just a, quite a small uh, digital sort of LCD, LED screen in their car. Um, through the day, they're actually turned up. They're quite bright, but you don't notice them through the day. But when it comes to the night time, they're actually quite blinding. So you've got to dull all the lights down inside the car so that you can actually focus on, on what you're there to do. And that's obviously um, drive the car and look forward and, and look at where you're actually going. Actually, I saw some cars last night uh, with LED lights underneath them. Oh mate, that's for that's that's for the guys that usually come from Parramatta and Sydney. I think so. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't think you'll see the uh, the Gold Coast boys doing that. Although you might see them wearing their white shoes. That's about it. Yeah, right. Okay, no worries. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, and he's he's miles ahead in the championship. Um, and I heard him this morning. Uh, on the Saturday Mowers Club with uh, Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Um, is he going to be hard to, to to wind back over these next six weeks? Uh, yeah, mate, for sure. He's he's the benchmark this year. He's definitely stepped up on his A game, stepped up the next level from last year when Scotty Mack finished up here in, in Australia um, and Shane's sort of taken over that mantelpiece now of the dominant force in uh, in supercars or the dominant driver and the team's doing a great job as well obviously with their car but um yeah he's got he's set himself up so well he's got such a big lead in the championship it would have to be absolutely catastrophic for him to lose the championship from here so he would need to have probably the worst the next worst six weeks of his life to to lose that championship so we'll we'll see how it goes but i'm 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 
expecting him to romp it in and um, you know, and even be obviously the favourites going into Bathurst. Well, he's chasing Anton Di Pasquale uh, after practice last night. Um, it might be just a case of uh, Shane Van Gisbergen taking it easy, just keeping the car on the track and then and making a run for it later on uh, today when the first race kicks off. I think that first race tonight is about 7.10 uh, Sydney time. So, yeah, just, all you, I guess all you, that's all he needs to do, Steve, is just keep the, the car on the track, doesn't he? He does, he does, but, you know, I've... I'm quite good mates with Shane. I've known him for a long time, and he he does it the right way. I think he doesn't look at the championship, although you, you always sort of keep a, a small, you know, eye on what's going on. But he's a racer. He wants to win races, and if you can go out and win races, that's going to look after the championship for you. So I don't think that you'll see him pull his foot off the gas anytime soon. I think he's going to drive just as hard and just as aggressive as what he has been doing this year. Um, because that's what's got him into the position he's in. Obviously, he's not going to take any massive risks, but I don't see that Shane's going to you know, back off or um, consolidate or sit in P3 just because he needs to, to win the championship. I think you're going to see him go for the wins. All right, so the cars will return to the track for the Armour All qualifying at 3.35 Sydney time today. Then the top 10 shootout for race 20 at 4.40, and then, as I said, the first race, under lights at seven ten. Let's go. Let's let's and and over the next four weeks, it's a mixture of day races, twilight races, and night races, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a bit of a mixture of of all, and they have to. I mean, we got four four weeks straight at Sydney Motorsport Park. So, um, as I said on the driver's seat, I think a couple of weeks ago, if I was to have to do four weeks straight at Sydney Motorsport Park, you'd probably pull me out of there in a straitjacket in a month's time. So. <laughs> Um, I think that it's it's fantastic. I'm just really stoked that the supercars are able to kick the championship back off, restart what they sort of left off in Townsville. And, you know, there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel to be able to do these four events at Sydney Motorsport Park with a weekend break off after that. And then the Bathurst 1000 the next weekend after that, finishing in December the 5th. So for them to just get through their championship and, and classify uh, it is a championship um, and, you know, tick all the boxes that we need to tick with all the corporate sponsors and, and, and uh, you know, everything that comes in with regard to TV and, and all that is, is, I think, amazing. And I think that, um, you know, everyone's hanging, even though it's SMP, everyone's hanging to just uh, watch their motorsport again. Radio Bathurst in December, weird, weird time. It's normally that major event that happens just after the footy finals while we're waiting for the cricket season to start. This year, it's actually right up against uh, the first uh, Ashes cricket test. I think it's the weekend before. Um, Do you have to make many adjustments to the car because you are racing at the start of summer? Bathurst, I'd imagine, is hot. And I'm going to throw it out there. Are you going to chuck air conditioning in the cars? (laughs) Well... I think that uh, it is going to be a very difficult race this year with the heat. And you're right. We, we are normally, you know, obviously working with them. And and obviously, you've usually got the, the two codes, the football codes, uh, grand finals the weekend before, a um, couple of weeks before, and then Bathurst after that. So it's a different time of the year. Um, they do have, I mean, most of these, they're not as tough as I used to be, Jace. They they still no, have, they have air conditioning. They have <laughs> they have cool suits now. Like they're you know they're, they're not they're not real racers, are they? They're not real racers. No, they've got they've no. got all this stuff inside. And but no, you're right. They do have they do have cool suits. They do have they're testing some new air conditioning units, which actually 
um, go through a vest that you wear with little tubes sewn into the vest. So it actually pumps like zero degrees or one degree cold water through your vest. So um, yeah, yeah so that, wow. that'll that'll be there to keep them keep them uh, cool. But um, last year and even the year before. Uh, when, when the race was in October, um, Scotty Mack and a few, I know the DJR guys, they didn't actually use a cool suit, mainly because they didn't want to have to carry that extra eight or nine kilos um, where they used this cool suit full of dry ice for, for the whole six-hour race, for the whole 161 laps. So it's going to be interesting to see at this time of the year where um, most of the teams are going to have to run it or not. If the cabin temperature is over, uh, if it's over 45 degrees, I think it's mandatory that they have to run it. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Well, uh, none of us want to carry an extra eight or nine kilos, Stevie J. Yeah. Uh, it's a bat- it's a battle we live with every week, my friend, isn't it? So uh, <laughs> that won't be happening. Actually, I saw in the um, I watched the American Formula One Grand Prix on Monday morning, and the guy who came third, I've forgotten his name, races for for Red Bull. Oh, Sergio Perez. Yeah, he raced an entire race. Without a drink bottle, like his water bottle wasn't working. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, they do. You would think that the hundreds of millions of dollars technology <laughs> that goes into Formula One, and they've got they've got an extra two or three hundred horsepower battery and push buttons on the steering wheel to, to take them to space, and they can't yeah. even get water from a water bottle into their mouth. <laughs> yeah, someone forgot the straw. Can you believe that? Like. <laughs> That was, that was incredible. He did he did all those laps, all that distance, raced for an hour and 45 without a drop of water. That was an incredible performance. So he was smashing a giant Red Bull when he uh, when he got out of that car on Monday morning. All right, mate, we, we are so excited to have the supercars back uh, this afternoon. So excited to have them in Sydney for four weeks as well. Make sure you get out to Sydney Motorsport uh, Park uh, this afternoon. Uh, as I say, 3.30 qualifying, 4.40 the top 10 shootout and race number 20 tonight under lights at 7.10. Stevie J, good luck to you and the old man. How is dad, mate? How is Dick? Well, I think uh, he'll be at home at the moment. He's, he hasn't travelled to Sydney, so he'll be at home having a nice cold one on the couch watching the boys hard at work down there. So uh, uh, we'll, see, we'll, we'll see how it all pans out tonight with the races tonight. And that will depend on if I ring him later or not. We'll see how the big job boys go. <laughs> All right. Well done. All right, Stevie J, thanks for your time on Sports Central, mate. Cheers, Jason. Anytime. See you, mate. See you Wednesday. Steve Johnson from DJR, Shell V Power Racing Team. A lot of stuff goes into these cars, Gibbo. These boys work their backsides off day and night to get a motor car ready to go for a race. It's unbelievable, Jay. So you mentioned a bit of the F1. Have you seen the drive to survive? The Netflix. Yeah, series? I saw the first. I saw the first season. Yes. Didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, they just didn't stick through it. Oh, mate, I, there's too many other docos yeah. going around at the moment. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm into bad sports. Oh yes, how good was that Hansi Cronier episode? Oh, mate, there's even. Like, I'm not into ice skating. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I doubt there's a lot of ice skating fans listening to SCN right now. But the ice skating one with the Canadians and the Russians at yeah, the I, uh, at the Winter Olympics in '92—that's yeah. incredible. Uh, was there? I don't know if it was bad sport, but there was um, the bad boys of hockey. It was the the gangster's son bought a hockey team. Yeah, right. I haven't that, seen that. That was on Netflix as well. You, you know yeah. the Malice in the Palace series. Yeah, how good was that? I'm not even a basketball fan. No, I know. Unbelievable. It was so good.
That was good. Um, I'm up to the one about the horses, and I, I don't know if I want to watch that because it involves cruelty. Oh, okay, um, yeah. But if you, if you haven't seen Bad Sports um, on Netflix, do yourself a favour, as Molly would say. It's it's amazing, absolutely amazing. Hey, listen, we better get to a break. Uh, shoot us a text about anything, 0457 736 736. Uh, when we come back, Brett Phillips uh, will join us from the first serve here on SEN. Uh, I want to find out what's going on with Novak Djokovic. And, and Gib, are you a fan of Novak? Nah, not really. Why? Not really. Why aren't you? Oh, I mean, he was just too good. He seems a bit polarizing, <laughs> but oh, he was just too good. And I, I mean, I'm an Andy mean? Murray fan, so look, oh, I, I probably shouldn't. You shouldn't ask me who I like and who I don't like. But yeah, he's just too good. Novak, and, and I don't know why, but he seems a little smug. But that's tennis, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you're going to be the best, like Roger, Rafa, Novak, you, you have to They're be a all... little smug. They're all rich sport kids, mate. That's but, how they get into tennis. Oh, yeah, the Aussies just, aren't. The Aussies aren't. Oh, mate. We got Tomic <laughs> and Kyrgios. They're nice guys, mate. Well, we got, we got Jordan Thompson too, though. So Jordan Thompson's a real nice guy. And John Millman. John Millman's an outstanding bloke as Sam well. Sam Groth so. as well. I know he's sort of yep. retired, but Leighton yep. Hewitt as well. I mean, they got plenty. Oh, see, I wasn't a fan of Leighton Hewitt. Really? Nah. Come on. Oh, no. Oh, God, don't start. Anyway, this is Sports Central on 1170 SEN. And, of course, via the SEN app, Brett Phillips joins us next. You're listening to Sports Central on SEN. This is Sports Central on SEN. Yeah, Jason Matthews here for your Saturday Arvo. And, of course, there's been a lot of news around this week around the tennis and, you know, whether unvaxxed players can come to Australia for the Australian Open, whether... Uh, Dan Andrews will let him into Victoria, SEN's tennis expert, and from, from the first serve, Monday nights, 8 o'clock here on SEN. Brett Phillips joins us now. G'day, BP. Joe, nice to chat. Mate, unvaxxed or vaxxed, uh, do you have to be fully vaxxed, to the best of your knowledge, to be at the uh, to compete in the Australian Open this year? Next year, I should say. Well, this is, this is where it's, you know, still, it's still murky, isn't it? Uh, we're still waiting uh, to hear exactly... Uh, how it's going to look. We might be another week or two away. And we can only go on, you know, all this political sort of posturing that's going on. You've got, a, you know, the immigration minister two weeks ago saying that um, uh, vaccinated players uh, would only be able to get into the country. Uh, you've got Dan Andrews saying that no exemptions would be given uh, to unvaccinated players. You've got Scott Morrison who says, surely we can be a little flexible here and that uh, the Australian Open is such a, a big deal. It creates so many jobs. You know, is it going to hurt to have a few unvaccinated players if they go through the protocols of the 14-day quarantine? All this, I mean, Craig Tiley is earning every cent right now. And, he, and Tennis, <laughs> Australia's, Tennis Australia's right in the middle of all this because he's, mm. he's trying to please the tours, the player councils. He's on regular calls with them every week, and he's having to deal with government uh, for the last four or five months to actually... Uh, rubber stamp what this is all going to look like. So we probably another week or two away. Um, if you're talking to the Victorian public down here, who have been through a hell of a lot, more than any other state in the last 18 months, the natural reaction is, no way. No way should there be unvaccinated oh, tennis players coming into the country because for us to go to work, for the average citizen to go to work, they need to be double jabbed now. That, is, that That's the rules. Uh uh, BP, you only got a couple of minutes here, and led by Novak Djokovic, is, is it true that 30% of the men's players aren't vaxxed at this stage? 
Yeah, r- roughly. Yeah, roughly uh, 30, 35% of both tours have yet to be vaccinated. There's a few reasons behind that. I mean, tennis players are constantly on the go right throughout the year. They rarely stay in one place for any more than maybe three weeks. So there's a few that, uh, once the seasons are done, uh, will go and get themselves vaccinated. They they want to come to the Australian Open and have the freedom of movement to explore Melbourne and, and outside of the tennis, just of course. Uh, do do what everyone else does rather than be locked up in their hotel. So by the time we get to December, I think you're going to find, you know, both tours will be up around maybe 90%. Um, because that's part of the gig is to travel. Uh, so I think I think that'll probably take care of itself. Rightio. Listen, I want to talk to you about a lot more, uh, particularly about the upcoming uh, summer of tennis in Australia and whatnot. I'll get you on earlier next week, BP, because I want to explore that further. You might have a bit of an update on, on the vaxxed yep. versus not vaxxed situation as well. Mm. Watch Sounds this space, eh? To... <laughs> uh, oh, and quickly, <laughs> how, did John Mil- how, how did John Millman uh, go in St. Petersburg? Uh, went down to Taylor Fritz last night. So great win the night before, beating Karatsev. He was brilliant. Uh, but yeah, Taylor Fritz, the young American, is uh, a bit of a star right now. So uh, Johnny was probably a little cooked in that quarterfinal last night. But he's got a few more weeks on tour before he even thinks about getting back to Australia. The man who's probably been around, well, been away the longest out of all the Australian players. Rightio. Brett Phillips from the first serve. Monday night's 8 o'clock here on SEN. Thanks for your time, mate. Thanks, Jason. Talk soon. The- Cheers, BP. This is Sports Central. Break, and then we'll wrap it up next here on SEN. This is Sports Central on SEN. Welcome back to it. About to wrap it up. Jason Matthews here at the start. I've got a text here, 0457 736 736. No name on it. Make sure you chuck your names on the text. Go forward, God will ing, dot, 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 Rafa. Okay, that's going to take me a while to work that one out. While well, I'm doing that, uh, Gibbo, can you give us an update on some uh, Shield games, please, mate? Yeah, mate. So New South Wales have been playing Victoria Dremoyne Oval. Unfortunately for the Blues, they are down 7 for 90 and still require 249 runs for victory. So it looks like the Vicks in their opening match of the Sheffield Shield are going to smash the Blues. The pick of the bowlers for Victoria would have to be Scott Boland, 3 for 30 from his 16. Uh, mm. You probably have heard of Usman Khwaja, Matt Renshaw yeah. making plenty of runs up in uh, Townsville of all places. Must yeah, be... Uzi, I reckon Uzi's got that. Oh. Um, if if Pekovsky's not fit, Uzi's got that opening spot already, or he could slide into number five. So up in Townsville, uh, Tassie required 209 runs to win. They, at the moment, they are four for 229. So a couple of sporting declarations for Usman Khwaja this year and so it's a bit of a contest on day four and then over in WA I think the Redbacks it still stumps there the um, Western Australia side require 48 runs for victory on day four how's Cam Green going is he all right mate he's going pretty well he's at the crease at the moment 21 not out but yeah he's going to be playing a big part I'd say in the uh, in right. the Ashes Right, yeah. There you go. That's another Sports Central done and dusted. Uh, all the action of Derby Day coming up next. What are you looking forward to for the rest of the day, Gibbo? Oh, mate, one thing and one thing only, <laughs> bed. Mate, don't miss out on the T20 tonight's couple of great games. Big Arvo Racing, the mighty Dallas Cowboys back Monday morning. They had the bye last week. And will Dak Prescott, the number one quarterback in the game right now, will he play? He's got a calf strain, so... Find out Monday morning, I guess. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for your company. This has been Sports Central on 1170 SCN. Have a great one. 
It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.